DDN's 2021 Ag Summit is headed to Chicago in a matter of weeks. What can America's most progressive farmers expect to learn this year in the Windy City? That's today on Field Posts. a DTN Progressive Farmer podcast that dives deeper into the most important trends in agriculture to explore the business's cutting edge. I'm your host, Sarah Mock. The weather is turning colder and the minds of farmers are turning towards the year ahead as strategy planning gets well underway. DTN's Ag Summit is helping to put farmers into that strategic mindset. With sessions on markets, weather, global trade, changing tax regimes, and the effects of coronavirus. DTN's Katie Dellinger stops by today with updates on what to expect from the event this year in Chicago, from a master class on ag markets all the way to a dueling pianos bash to celebrate the best young farmers and ranchers in the country. Katie will tell us more about sessions and networking, plus find out how you can attend right after this word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by My DTN. In today's environment, it's essential more than ever to get the most current and accurate information to help save your valuable resources and continue to be profitable. Get access to all the information you need to deal with this change from DTN. As the leading independent trusted source of actionable insights and market information, MyDTN gives you accurate weather forecasts, the most extensive database of grain bids, and the most timely news and analysis from our award-winning news team. These features and more are available 24-7 via desktop, laptop, and any mobile device to be with you on the go. Learn more at mydtn.com and start a free 14-day trial. Now, back to the show. DTN Farm Business Editor Katie Dellinger brings us the latest updates today on plans for the 2021 Ag Summit as it comes into sharper focus. Katie, we've checked in a couple of times over the last few months about Ag Summit, but give us the update. You know, what is the latest on planning and, you know, what folks can expect at this year's event? Well, Sarah, it's really good to join you again. I think one of the things we're we're really getting into the nitty gritty details of the agenda right now. We're really getting into you know, what are the best ways to fill out some of our remaining breakout sessions? We've defined the outlines of our Sunday afternoon workshops, which are really deep dives into a couple of topics that are really important to farmers. One is, you know, geared towards young farmers, but it's really focused on the generational aspects of running a business. It's going to be moderated by our family family business um, columnist, Lance Woodbury. He does a fantastic job in these types of workshops to really ask questions and create some dynamic conversations that people get a lot out of. The other session will really focus on grain marketing. And we're going to take, you know, we've, we've decided to, you know, focus on how to take the noise out of it, because I feel like in today's age, there's so much news, if, if you want to call it that on Twitter, there was an export sale, there was a, this rumor, or that rumor, and all of it can move the market in a day. But what does it really mean for how you sell your grain and how you strategize to, to make the most of what's in the bin? And so we've got a couple of different sessions related there that are, are going to help farmers sort of take the noise out of, out of markets and really 
tune up their marketing game. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a big skill here in the next few years. It's always a big skill. So we're looking forward to those Sunday workshops. Like I said, we've really started to dig in and define some of the breakout strategies a little bit more. And then we're also starting to develop a post-summit webinar series that'll run in January and into February on some of the topics we cover in Summit and some, some extras there to help folks either that can't attend Summit or miss out on certain sessions while they're there, or really, you know, a couple of them are going to be sort of updated as the market news kind of changes. So we're, we're developing this sort of post-summit um, interactive experience through webinars that we think will be really interesting for folks. I want to talk a little bit just about those Sunday workshops, because I think that might be something that people aren't quite as fam familiar with. And e even for people who are, you know, I'm curious whether you think if you've attended the the Sunday session on on green marketing in the past, will this be this year's event be a little different? Will it be worth you know going if you've attended on Sunday before? You know, I think it's always worth attending because those are one of marketing skills are one of those that sometimes you you might use one tool heavily in one year and it may not be the right tool to use the next year given what the market is offering you or showing you. So it's always a chance to sort of refresh on your knowledge base, but also look at it from a different perspective. One of the elements of this workshop, we, we've got sort of three pieces to it, um, but one of the elements um, is the marketing simulation game. Mark Welch from Texas A&M uh, University comes in and runs this game for us. And he picks sort of a year from history. We never know ahead of time which one it is. And we sort of walk through a, a marketing year from harvest through through the following spring's planting through the end of the, the marketing year. And it gives you a chance to make decisions about a full year of grain marketing on a condensed time frame. And so what we found is that folks always find a lot of value in that because they think they're forced to sort of think through the decisions quickly and differently. And it actually is something that kind of helps them sort of get an idea of where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, what they maybe need to do on an annual basis to become a better grain marketer. And that's one that even if you've done it, you know, every year for the past you know, 13, 14 years that we've been holding Ag Summit, um, it's something you learn some, it's a little bit different every time. So it's for, as far as the grain marketing workshop goes, that's sort of a, a center, a, a cornerstone piece of that, that we like to like to offer. We're also going to have our lead analyst, Todd Holtman, really do a um, deep dive into the DTN six factor strategies. These are sort of the six influential um market factors to, to, you know, make the name as simple as it is that can sort of guide strategies for what are the best ways to sell? When might you want to look to sell? And the way all those come together to form DTN's marketing philosophy. Um, so those are really, really good at taking the noise out of the grain markets. And then our contributing analyst, Treg Cronin, will return again. Um, he's got He's, he's an excellent farmer in South Dakota. They grow a wide variety of grains, not just corn and soybeans and wheat, but they do sunflowers and some other small grains as well. Um, but he's got a great um, history and background in sort of cash marketing contracts. I know that farmers hear a lot about futures and options, or that's something that get talked about a lot. But a lot of farmers actually prefer to do their grain marketing with these cash contracts through their elevators. 
because it transfers that margin risk, the margin call risk, um, to the elevator instead of the farmer. And Treg really knows the, these types of contracts inside and out and really talks, you know, th this isn't sort of a 101, what are the contracts? It's, it's, it, this is a higher level course, sort of how can you employ these different um, cash contract strategies to, to your advantage. So everything from a hedge to arrive to a maxman, um, maybe even accumulator contracts, if that might, when those might be the right option um, for different types of markets. So we're going to dig into some of those. So farmers will get a really robust rounded out view of, you know, ways to look at the market and then the tools they can use to sell um, that they might be more, more comfortable with. And then they'll get a chance to try their hand at it. So I've always really liked this grain marketing workshop um, from the fact that it is so um, well-rounded. Yeah, a real masterclass in, uh, in grain marketing there. I want to talk to you about, you know, that second Sunday session is uh, kind of the Young Farmers Workshop, but that's not the only event that's going to be available. You know, I think they're focused on young farmers, but this is also, you know, skills and teachings and learnings for, you know, farmers at every stage in their career. So talk to us a little bit about kind of these young farmer focused, but really for the young farmer and young farmers at heart um, sessions throughout the conference. We've got a lot for young farmers this year, Sarah, and I think that's a reflection of, you know, what's what's happening in the industry and what's expected to happen in the agricultural industry in the next 10, 15, 20 years is that there's ex anticipation that a lot of farmland is going to transition from one generation to the next. There are a lot of businesses that are going through that process of succession planning right now. There are a lot of, um, you look at the, the social media, you look at ag Twitter, it's a lot of young people. And by young people, I'm not necessarily talking about people in their 20s. I think we're counting everyone that's sort of 45 and under in this sort of young farmer workshop, because the average age of a, of a farmer in the U.S. is up over, you know, 55, 65. Um, and so what it really is, it's much more as a focus on the family business aspect. It's you know, how do people who are, you know, maybe not the, the CEO of the farm, but are a vice president of the farm or, or, you know, however you want to equate those job titles, sort of the, they're going to be the leader of the farm someday. How do they balance the farm and their family life? Because a lot of people do have young children as well. How do you um, deal with what can be overwhelming and sometimes, you know, that, that personal growth, professional growth, how do you how do you make those two things work together? There are a lot of challenges in the aspect, um, you know, in farming, you know, the family dynamics, the finances, communication, conflict, time management. Those are a lot of what we'll be talking about in our Young Farmer Workshop, um, just like we do every year. I would mentioned that, you know, Lance Woodbury, he's a he's a the co-founder of Ag Progress and a principal at Keiko Isom. He consults with a lot of um, family-owned businesses. He's been doing it for, you know, more than, well over 20 years and is really great at what he does. He's seen a lot of different situations, so he brings a lot of experience and trust to the table. And he really helps farmers sort of identify what are the pain points, what are the things we can work on to make things smoother in our family and our family business. And so, like what you said was absolutely right. It, it's it, We're calling it for young farmers, but it really is a family business dynamic um, and how everyone can work together. We've got it woven throughout our program at Ag, Ag Summit this year. So on Sunday, we've got the Young Farmer Workshop. Um, every year, the, the progressive farmer chooses five of America's best young farmers and ranchers to, to celebrate on 
the cover of our magazine and give awards to. And they'll be participating um, in a panel on this workshop to discuss some of the things going on on their own farm um, that help them and, and what they've done to overcome them to sort of, you know, be, be a part of that discussion with Lance. Um, but they'll also be honored again throughout, throughout Ag Summit. Lance Woodbury will also be doing a breakout session called, you know, CEO to Chairman, um, uh, which really focuses on the other aspect, and maybe not the young farmers, but the the elder statesmen of the business and what they do when they decide, you know, it's time to hand over the CEO daily operations reign. How do they transform into sort of a chairman of the board role? How do they grow into the next position on the farm. It's not necessarily retirement. It's a change of perspective. It's thinking about where they go next and while being able to hand off some of that responsibility and ownership to the next generation. So we've got both aspects here of sort of the young up-and-comers and then what happens when 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 dad is ready to to sort of change his role and maybe step back, maybe step up is the better way to, to phrase it um, as far as the family and the development of of, of the family business goes. Coming into the, the event this year, there's going to be a couple of three big general sessions. And man, could these three topics be any more on point for just both preparing for the world that is out there and the world that's ahead and also just, you know, the big issues that are everything from, you know, moving markets right now to creating uncertainty in terms of how to invest. But yeah, talk to us about, about the session with, uh, Terry Brand said the the carbon session and the the post COVID session. What do you expect to hear from those experts? Well, I think what we've really got in this sort of first day of our general session is a. a big picture. This is the 50,000 foot view. We're going to be talking, you know, with Ambassador Brandstad, who was um, the, the U.S. ambassador to China under the Trump administration, also the longest serving governor of Iowa. So he's got a great perspective on agriculture. He knows China's president, Xi Jinping, personally. They, they had a childhood friendship. Um, so there's a lot of history there and perspective that we're hoping farmers will take away. He's really going to maybe speak for 15 to 20 minutes and then answer questions. He wants it to be a very dynamic conversation and make sure he's really providing the perspective that people want to hear, not necessarily what he wants to give, which I think is a really um, unique way for a speaker of such a high profile to approach a conference like this. We're excited to see how that conversation goes. But that really is a, an inside look into China, which is such a driving force in the agricultural economy. Um, and then what we've got, um, we've got a session later that afternoon by John Deere's lead agricultural economist, Glia Barr. Um, she's going to be talking about the drivers of a post-COVID world economy. So she'll get into some of the supply chain disruptions that we're seeing everywhere, inflation in the macroeconomic sense, some of the global financial issues that and macroeconomic policy that get in there. But she's also going to touch on consumer trends over the next decade. And I think that also weaves well into the, the, the clearing up carbon confusion panel that we have. I think carbon and the issue of do we sequester carbon? How do we approach climate change? The question of sustainability, what it means and to whom, um, is that issue is now really being driven by the consumer. And so what we're seeing is that, you know, these consumers are making demands about what they want to see in their food and in, in their um, supply chain systems. And so companies are adapting and they're taking, you know, 
everyone, it seems like almost everyone has a carbon program of some sort right now. So what we're doing is we're bringing together a panel that includes a farmer and, a, and representatives from several different companies to talk about what their initiatives are on this front, trying to give some clarity to what it means. Um, because there are so many programs available, it's it's almost a wild west of, of, of carbon initiatives at this point um, to kind of help farmers sort out the wheat from the chaff and see you know where where it's going what what might work for them what might not so we're going to have iowa farmer ben wrenchy um, he's done a lot of different work in this space um, from different perspectives we'll have jim hedges from winfield ben farger from car cargill and then we'll have a representative from bear agriscience as well um, so we're going to really be looking at it from the different spots in that supply chain um, and how they're they're trying to make changes to farmers i think it's it's one of those where if farmers haven't started looking into the carbon markets, um, they probably can't can't avoid it at this point. It seems like it's everywhere, and so we're we're really having hoping to have a an in depth conversation on that um, with the folks on our panel, and then hope that continues into our trade show floor because there are a number of our our sponsors and and people that I know will be in attendance who also have carbon programs that are not on the panel. So it's something that there are going to be a lot of resources available for farmers to learn more and maybe see if they can find an option that fits for their operation or you know, kind of get an idea of what their strategy or game plan is towards those developments in the years to come. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting, uh, an exciting future looking conversation. Uh, but I'm curious as well. Uh, there's always I think Ag Summit always does a great job of having at least one kind of big keynote speaker who is maybe not necessarily from agriculture who talks about leadership in, in some other way. And I wonder if you can talk about, you know, is there going to be something like that at this year's summit? Yes, there will be. Although he does have an agriculture, a, a good agricultural tie. Our, our sort of motivational keynote speaker this year is Chad Greenway. He's the former Minnesota Viking linebacker. Um, he spent many years at the Vikings, one of their one of their best in, in history. Um, but he actually grew up on a farm in South Dakota, rural South Dakota. Um, his parents have actually been DTN subscribers since almost the beginning for a very long time. We didn't find this out until after we had already decided to to invite him to Ag Summit. Um, but he went on from you know playing. You know, in rural South Dakota, he walked on to Iowa's football team, was a linebacker there, overcame some injuries, um, and then, you know, throughout his football career has really found ways to give back. He's done a lot with charity and youth, um, benefiting chronically ill children. Um, but after his retirement from football, he joined up and started um, op a, a company called Gray Duck Spirits. Um, they sell, it's a a regional vodka line where they buy corn from young Minnesota farmers. Um, they also have launched a seltzer line this year and are doing a number of things. So he's sort of gone from from foot from farming to football to farming in different ways of that supply chain, more of the entrepreneurial side. Um, I know he still does help on his family farm at home. It's mostly run by his mom, um, but he'll he'll be sharing some of the lessons for, that football 
brought to farming, that farming brought to football, and then what all that has meant for his business. So I think it brings in an element of that, um, you know, the specialty grains development, the value added aspect of agriculture that is really popular right now among young farmers, especially as they're trying to find a way to, you know, build up their piece of a family business. So I know, and I know a lot of young farmers who are selling to distilleries of different kinds or breweries, um, specialty grain products to, to try and meet the needs for, for that, because that is sort of a burgeoning industry and it provides some opportunity for, for farmers to create a business um, that, you know, with that value add is perhaps a little bit more lucrative than just selling a commodity grain. So he's got a really great perspective that crosses all of it, you know, from from overcoming injury um, to, you know, I mean, having an 11 year career in the NFL is a difficult thing to do on its own. Um, but then to, to come back from that and continue to be a, a pillar of his community and to be an entrepreneur in business and really sharing those lessons along the way, we're really looking forward to having him. We'll also be doing a uh, tasting of his vodka on at our Monday night reception. He'll be around for that and we'll be able to attendees will be able to 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 take a taste and see what they think of of, of those products so it should be a really interesting and, and fun motivational element of our agenda uh, I'm curious as well I think another big part of um, that Tuesday will be hearing from DTN experts uh, folks like Chris Clayton on policy and and Bryce Anderson on weather uh, give us working on teams with those folks have they started working on those presentations do you know what uh, we might expect to hear from them. Well, I think we're Tuesday's got a lot of like DTN star power. I would say um, we're going to start off, or actually, we're going to finish the day with with Todd Holtman and Bryce Anderson's outlooks on markets and weather. Um, and Chris Clayton will be speaking in the morning um, on sort of ag policy and the outlook for Washington. There's a lot out there that's kind of up in the air right now. It's a um, an interesting time, whatever happens with sort of the reconciliation package, some of the Democrats' plans um, for social infrastructure as well as physical infrastructure when those bills and things, um, whether if they come to pass in time for Ag Summit, we still have six weeks or so for that to happen. But then they'll also be looking ahead to next year. Next November is a midterm election, um, and there are some thoughts that um, the Biden administration's USDA will will continue to do some things to pursue smart climate or climate smart policies. Um, what they might do with conservation programs and whatnot are going to be a big one. And so after the midterms, they'll sort of be Washington will be sort of turning its eye to the next farm bill. It's hard to believe we're almost back into that cycle, um, but we are leading up to that. And some of the changes that might be made at USDA um, on sort of the the executive branch level as well as the legislative level, there's going to be a lot to really look at there for farmers. Um, we'll also have an in-depth breakout session on taxes because I know that's such a huge issue um, that farmers are interested in and whatever potential changes might be tied um, to some of the these um, national initiatives um, will have a big impact on the farm, whether they're intended to or not. So we're going to cover that aspect in multiple ways throughout the summit. Um, but but Chris's ag policy outlook will be will be a highlight. He's always got an entertaining and interesting perspective on that one. And I'm I was surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be. We just did uh, a cybersecurity episode with uh, Victoria Myers last week, but you know there's a there's a fair amount of uh, sessions about 
technology and data and, and cybersecurity on the uh, agenda this year. Talk to us about why that was a priority and, and who's who's going to be leading those sessions. When it comes to cybersecurity, I think there's a, a perspective out there that because these farms are small businesses, they're too small to be noticed by these hackers and bad actors. And that's just not true. Um, what we've seen throughout the years, the massive attack on the Colonial Pipeline, then the big attack on JBS, and then much more recently, new cooperative in Iowa, you know, um, hackers and, and cyber criminals tend to move in um, by industry groups, or at least that's one thing I learned when I had a conversation um, with the folks at Clifton Larson Allen or CLA, they're one of our sponsors, is that they they see that, you know, these, these hackers tend to move by industry groups and they think farmers are going to be uh, caught up in the crosshairs next as they're they're going to be something that you know these cyber attackers have said they don't see the food as being critical to national security or or some of these things so they see them as quote unquote fair targets well what would happen to a farm if all of a sudden you couldn't access any of your um, electronic records what if you couldn't get to your quickbooks or your invoices or your payroll or your your bank account what if your bank account was suddenly zero um, for your business how would that affect what you would do these are you know they, they may seem far-fetched um, but they are real risks phishing attempts um, can come to anyone and there are but What's interesting or what I think is really why we're focusing on it, Sarah, is because there are things people can do about it. This is a it, it is a risk to your business. It may seem small or unlikely, but it is something that you can take steps today to prepare for. And, and maybe in the case the worst happens, you have a backup plan. And if you can think it through and have a backup plan, then you really mitigate that risk. So it's a risk management approach is what we're going to take in this session on, on sort of cybersecurity on the farm. Um, David Anderson, who's a, a, a cybersecurity expert and a principal at CLA, is going to do a breakout session. It'll repeat twice um, and really talk about how to spot phishing attempts, creating better passwords, how to back up important files, ways to protect your business. Do you need insurance? Um, will your insurance cover some of these losses if it happens? How do you, you know, make sure that your, your personal information, your business's information is safe? Because one thing we know is that the Internet is changing the way we farm. Things are rapidly connecting. We've got more and more, you know, devices that connect to the Internet on the farm each year, it seems. You know, now it's not just your cell phone and your iPad. It might be that your monitor in the in the cat in the cab of your combine um, sends information to the Internet. You might have sensors in your field that tell you when you need to irrigate, um, you know, some of the sensors in your grain bin that tell you when to aerate it and how to maintain the quality of that grain. A lot of that's automated. A lot of that runs on the Internet and that makes it vulnerable to some of these cyber attacks. And so it's really just about protecting your business, taking steps now to manage the potential risk, thinking about it before it happens to you instead of after it happens to you being proactive. That's why I think the cybersecurity is something we're, we're taking very seriously on our agenda this year. We're also talking about other ways, you know, data can help help farmers to 
um, make better decisions. We're going to have a panel of mostly DTN experts, Todd Holtman, John Brannick, and then John Muse. He's, he's sort of the leader over at ClearAg, a company we acquired several years ago, um, talking about the way data has changed their decision making. John Muse is actually a farmer in North Dakota, and he told us a story about how um, it was either last year or the year before, you know, trying to decide whether he pushed through with corn harvest or let something dry down and let it dry down in the field despite the snow. And he created a mathematical model to, to sort of figure out what would be the best decision. And it helped him sleep at night knowing that, you know, he had done the math on, on different things. And so we're going to be talking a lot about just ways that data can inform your decision making without being overwhelming because that's something that a lot of farmers you know tell us is that there's a lot of data out there but how I don't have the time or energy or human capital to make sense of it we're going to really be talking about concrete ways farmers can, can use data to make better choices I think one of the big changes in agenda is in the past uh, ag summits in person prior to 2020 it always involved a kind of Monday morning, you know, quick sessions with uh, some kind of ag business partners and, and hearing about the latest things that they were doing. Is there going to be some kind of something similar to that at this year's summit? We'll have something similar, Sarah, but what we decided to do this year was kind of condense our schedule from instead of being sort of a half day, full day, half day with that sort of additional Monday optional time, we decided to make it two full days starting right ahead on right away on Monday morning and wrapping up Tuesday evening. We just thought it would be a better use of everyone's time, giving people, you know, asking people to come in on Sunday and then giving them the freedom to leave Monday, Wednesday morning as their schedule fits. Um, so what we did instead of those those morning, what we called profit sessions, we've started, uh, we've changed up our, our schedule and our plans for the lunches a little bit. On Monday, we'll doing, we're having what we're called calling the big ideas lunch. Um, we'll have a nice sit down meal and then we'll, what we'll do some of these partners of ours will each have about 10 minutes to take the stage and share a big idea have a conversation we're we're pitching these as sort of like ted talks there won't be any powerpoints except for one showing the name of who's on the screen and what company we're there with um, but they're really there to to sort of have a discussion with the group to sort of bring an idea to the forefront and then if anyone wants to follow up or discuss up discuss that more with them, they can go into our trade show area to do that. So that's something we're doing a little bit differently to, you know, still, um, we, we've, we've found that farmers have found those sessions very useful. Um, but this is just a way to sort of fit them in, in a more condensed time frame that we hopefully will have just as much, if not more impact, um, because of the, the way we're reformatting it. And then the other thing we're doing, um, instead of celebrating our America's Best Young Farmers and Ranchers at a luncheon, we're going to be celebrating them at an evening party on Tuesday afternoon. And that luncheon instead is going to be a real focus on equipment, which is also an, sort of a newer piece for Ag Summit. We're going to be revealing the winners of the Progressive Farmer Reader Insight Awards, which is a survey we did of the Progressive Farmer readers, viewers, audience, and sort of what their, what the best 
machinery out there is. So we'll be awarding and revealing some of those winners. We'll also have an interesting speaker I think people will want to tune into given some of the supply issues this year. Kyle McMahon, the CEO of TractorZoom, will be talking about the used equipment market and what's out there. Um, I think it's a really interesting time to have that conversation and I think farmers will really find that um, beneficial. And then that that evening celebration is the one I'm I'm really excited about, Sarah. You know, because young farmers, we do have a lot of it on our agenda, and our America's Best Young Farmers and Ranchers program um, really highlights some excellent people. And we're going to be doing, you know, our our award ceremony, a nice dinner, but we've also brought in some entertainment, and we're going to be having um, dueling pianos, and to sort of make that more of a celebration and a party than just a banquet. So we're really hoping that everyone will stick around Tuesday night to join us for that. I know it's usually cold and crummy in Chicago in December, and this is just a chance to bring the entertainment to the event instead of taking people out on the town. So we really hope that everyone comes and, and joins us for that aspect of the event. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of not having to leave the hotel uh, to get to go see some of the very cool things going on in Chicago. So now that you have given us the the hard sell on all of the great things that there are going to be at Ag Summit this year, how what do people need to do to register? How do they prepare um, to come to Chicago and, you know, on the off chance that folks don't make it, what can they, how do they look out for the webinar series in January? We encourage everyone to go to dtn.com slash ag summit that has a link to our full agenda, information on the venue, how to register. Um, that'll, that'll get you all set up for the event. We'll also be sharing more information on the webinar series as the event gets closer and afterwards. Um, we're still sort of locking down the, the subjects and dates on those, but I would just suggest maybe reserving Thursday mornings around nine o'clock for, for a a one-hour webinar um, throughout the month of January, each mor- one each morning, um, just to get a little bit of that extra extra context and extra content for folks. Um, we'll put more information up on dtn.com slash ag summit and share it through all of our different um, social platforms as well once we have that schedule finalized. You can learn more and sign up for the DTN Ag Summit at dtn.com backslash ag summit. The conference begins on Sunday, December 5th and concludes on Tuesday, December 7th. This episode of Field Post was brought to you by the team at DTN Progressive Farmer, with special thanks to Katie Dellinger. This episode was produced and edited by me, Sarah Mock, with support by Greg Hillier and Kylie Swanson. And a big thanks to all of you for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And until then, remember, the future of farming is here. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Weather Station. Are you looking to get more accurate, hyper-local weather information? By gathering weather and agronomic data directly from your own fields, DTN Ag Weather Station supports you when making targeted decisions around expensive or high-risk activities like chemical applications and irrigation. DTN's Ag Weather Station can be purchased for as low as $9 a month depending on your current customer status with DTN. If you're looking to increase your weather accuracy while saving time, please visit dtn.com.